the bottom line is Facebook will stop showing your ads if you're not set up correctly per their new structure requirements. So yeah, that's the worst case scenario is that your ad sets, if they're not set up to comply with these new requirements, that your ads would be paused and then they won't be able to be restarted until they do comply with Facebook's requirements. You're listening to the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. Be sure to download now. The price increases to $9.97 starting tomorrow from start to scale and beyond. In this episode of Stuff Marketers Say, Ryan, Jesse, and I chat about iOS 14.5 and its impact on digital advertising, especially Facebook ads. We have spent the last few months making sure that our clients' websites are prepared for iOS 14, which is recently rolled out, and we're here to share what you need to know. We cover everything from what the big deal is about this update to how you can prepare your own website and how much we think that this is going to impact the future of digital advertising. Let's get to it. We are here. We're recording quite a few episodes today. It's finally nice out. I mean, it's always nice where Jesse lives, but you're at the beach, right, Jesse? I am at the beach looking at the waves right now. Oh, jealous jealous. But anyways, we're here to talk about iOS 14 and providing an update on the iOS 14, I guess, consequences for advertising in general, because I think this is something that impacts, you know, things beyond Facebook. But I know that the conversation has largely been within, you know, has largely centered around Facebook and, you know, the tiff between Facebook and Apple. So Ryan, maybe you can just give us an overview of what's going on with iOS 14. What is iOS 14? And then why does it matter? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think this is something that people have been talking about it for what feels like forever now, but it's finally here. The changes on Apple's end finally dropped yesterday, I believe, or Monday was the the first day it started rolling out. But the backstory with it is basically Apple announced a while ago that, hey, we're going to start being the champion of the individual user's privacy. And so we're not going to let third-party apps like Facebook and any third-party app collect any identifying information from someone on our iPhones unless that person has explicitly allowed that to happen. So in the past, that's never been the case. Facebook and Instagram have always been able to collect all this information on you unless you explicitly disallow it or tell them not to do it. Well, so that's kind of being flipped on its head now to where you actually have to allow them to do it. So that's been an interesting change where they've kind of flipped that on its head and that now users are having to explicitly allow their data to be shared with Facebook. So Apple is claiming to be the champion of the user privacy. Facebook is saying, hey, Apple, you're making our users experience actually poorer by doing this because now instead of seeing personalized ads based on the data Facebook has collected about me, I'm going to be seeing random ads for stuff I'm not interested in now because Facebook just doesn't have the data on me to actually show me personalized ads anymore. So that's Facebook's argument. That's Apple's argument. They've gone back and forth about it to the extent of like taking out full page ads against each other in the New York Times. So it's a pretty big spat. But Apple's changes finally dropped this week. So we've seen the kind of the beginning effects of what that'll look like with these changes live now. And yeah, it's been an interesting series of events up to this point and a lot of preparation on advertisers ends to make sure that they're ready for this which we'll get into further on in the episode yeah and jesse anything to add to that i don't think so not on the like technical aspects of it i think that one thing to point out at a more broader scope is that this is something that i think is going to be the start of a conversation that's going to last the next you know handful of years and beyond as the battle between privacy and big data becomes more and more prevalent as people start to understand 
like what that information can be used for. And, you know, in some circumstances, you know, Google's been doing this to everyone's emails, you know, in, in their Gmail accounts for, you know, since the inception of Gmail, but like, you know, they've been scanning emails and stuff like that. And so I think that as some of this privacy and as Apple leading the charge in these conversations about privacy and starting to set policies around those things, I think that we're going to start seeing changes come as more and more companies get behind that or take a stance, you know, with Apple or, or with Facebook. And I don't think that necessarily makes something that's like, oh, you know, this is the death of digital marketing or anything like that. I don't think that like it's going to be that dramatic. I think that it could change some things. But as an advocate for, you know, privacy myself, I think that, you know, there's going to be some really good things that come out of this. And I think that there's going to be some things that require, you know, having to jump through some more hoops like we're seeing with the latest update and Facebook's responses, which, you know, Ryan mentioned we're going to get into. But I think that that's just something to keep in mind is that I think this is just the beginning of these conversations that are coming out. It just happens to be, you know, they're really starting with a bang and making some noise with the update that they made. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like I have such a cynical view of, I mean, for Apple to say they're a champion user's privacy, it's like, I mean, I feel like that's comical. You know, to me, it's like, it is. it's a great competitive strategy, right? Being able to limit the amount of data that's being passed to some of these other big tech companies. You know, and I think for most people too, like most people, I think would say they value privacy, but then like, as we do, have an Amazon Alexa in, in their home, <laughs> you know, which is constantly yeah. listening. So anyways, not to go too far down that rabbit hole, because, you know, that's a whole other conversation, like you said, but, you know, we should talk about really how this could you know, what specifically are our concerns when it comes to Facebook advertising? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest impact and concern is just the sheer number of people that have iPhones, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've, when we initially audited clients' accounts to see what the impact of this would be for Till's clients, I mean, there were some clients that have upwards of 80% of their traffic coming from iOS devices. So, sure. You know, if all of a sudden 80% of their traffic, we can no longer collect identifying data on it for retargeting purposes, that's going to be a pretty big impact to the campaigns that we run for them and drastically change their results. But again, that 80% is more of the extreme. And then it's also assuming that the entire 80% of them also are on iOS 14.5 and have not shared have not opted in to share data. So it won't be that bad, but it does have a big potential to be a big impact, especially for some accounts more than others. And I would say on a reporting level, right, too, you know, just in terms of understanding, you know, whether a conversion happened because of a Facebook ad. Yeah, totally. And so that's where Facebook has rolled out some of these changes in advance that we've already seen, where even if they are collecting the data from the user, we're not seeing a 28-day conversion window anymore. We're limited to a seven-day conversion window now. And then in some instances, to get the modeled data that Facebook is going to provide now, you've got to go down to a one-day window. So it's just your conversion window has been shrunk a lot. And for, depending on what your funnel is, if it's a longer than a seven-day journey for a customer, you may no longer be capturing that in your attribution for your Facebook ads is really the bottom line of it. Yeah. So I think like having benchmarks, just even in terms of like revenue and things like that could be helpful in measuring the impact because, you know, if you're still running ads and, you know, I mean, especially in the near term, Facebook still has an incredible amount of data. And again, I think that in the long term here, even in the medium term, that they're likely going to build tools that circumvent, you know, I think a lot of these you know, restrictions that are being put in place. So I do think that, you know, there's still going to be, you know, I don't think it's going to be as blunt as, oh, well, we have no data anymore that we can use to target. 
you know, like I still think that you're going to see, you know, people who are running ads and having success with ads are going to continue to have positive impact, but it's just going to be harder to gauge exactly what's coming from ads, at least in the short term. Yeah. One thing that I'd add to that too, is that Facebook makes a lot of money off of ads. It's not like they're just going to roll over and be like, well, we can't get any more data. So I guess that's it, <laughs> you know? So sure. it's definitely something that I'm sure that, you know, and I've heard some things that they are going to be developing, you know, just different systems that potentially respect a little bit more privacy of the user while still getting data that allows them to customize the experience and the ads that are served to the end users. So there's, you know, there's other things that are coming down the pipeline and they're already like third-party tools that you can use to track you know, customers across the customer journey. It's not quite as tied to Facebook as, you know, just using the, you know, Facebook pixel data, but, you know, there are other options out there as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's where, like Jesse was saying, Facebook has already implemented some changes to try to work around these new Apple policies as best they can. And a big one of those is what Facebook is calling aggregated event measurement. And so basically, instead of just sending Events as they're happening real time from iOS devices, Facebook's now aggregating those and sending whatever event is the highest level event that was reached by a user. So for instance, if someone comes to your site, that would typically be a page view in Facebook, and then maybe they add an item to their cart, that would be an add to cart event in Facebook, and then they finally purchase. And so you'd have that purchase event. In the past, Facebook would have sent every single one of those events real time as it was happening. Now Facebook's only going to send the highest level event that was reached. So in that example, it would be the purchase event that was sent along. So that's one area where they've implemented that change to try to work within Apple's new confines. And that's really what users on Facebook's end have then had to adapt their ads to work within these new, the new confines that Facebook has implemented. And the big two there are verifying your domains and then prioritizing your events, which has been a, a doozy of a process for a lot of clients to do both of those, but especially the domain verification. Yeah. And can you walk us through that? So I think that's a good segue into the second part of this conversation, which is, you know, what are some of the steps that we've taken to make sure that our clients are in a good spot so that ads don't get shut down? And maybe that's a good place to start is, you know, really, if you don't take some of these steps that Facebook has asked, you know, uh, people who are accounts that run ads with them to take, what are the consequences of not doing that? The bottom line is Facebook will stop showing your ads if you're not set up correctly yeah. for their new structure requirements. So yeah, that's the worst case scenario is that your ad sets, if they're not set up to comply with these new requirements, that your ads would be paused and then they won't be able to be restarted until they do comply with Facebook's requirements. And so to avoid that, you've got to first verify your domain and then second, prioritize your events. The end goal of that is to be sending optimization events from a domain that you own and have verified. So for instance, if, you're, if you've got a purchase campaign running in Facebook, you wanna be able to send that purchase event from a domain that you've owned and verified. So a lot of clients are on third-party shopping platforms, whether it's Shopify or Teachable or Thinkific or something like that. And traditionally in the past, they would just be using a subdomain of Shopify. So it would be like mycart.shopify.com is where that purchase event is coming from. Well, Facebook is now saying that purchase event needs to come from a domain that you own. And obviously you don't own Shopify. So you've got to make a change <laughs> to be able to comply with that. And platforms like Shopify and Thrivecart, Thinkific, all these third-party platforms, they're, they've been a little bit slow to adapt to that, but they have adapted to it and have oftentimes made it 
pretty easy for the end user to comply with that and to be able to verify your Thrivecart domain or your Shopify domain um, and then send events from that. But that's the gist of what needs to happen for your account to be compliant with Facebook's new requirements. Yeah, absolutely. And then so the first step was verifying the domain, right? But then you also have to prioritize your events, right? Because like you said, you need to basically be able to tell Facebook what the highest level event is. So for instance, for a lot of us, that's a purchase event. When somebody goes to our website, we want them to make a purchase. We don't you know, want them to be sending the website view event when the purchase event is the prioritized one. So how do we go about prioritizing events in Business Manager? Yeah, so it's a subsection of Events Manager now. I think it's where you would typically see all your different standard events in their history. There's a new tab there now to be able to go in and prioritize your events. And so once you've verified your domain, your domain will show up there and you can click the little button that says prioritize events and then order is just drag and drop ordering your events and the method that you want to prioritize them. So typically, like you're saying, purchase will be first and then page view is already prioritized as the bottom by default. You actually don't even see it in there. <laughs> but yeah, you'd have page or a purchase event up at the top and then you know, whatever order is most important to your business down below that, whether it's if you're running webinar campaigns or lead gen funnels, you know, that would affect your prioritization order in there. And then on the purchase event, one thing in particular about that one is it actually has the option to toggle on value optimization. And that is without going into too much detail on it, it basically is allowing Facebook to collect a range of value from that purchase event for users that are on iOS 14.5. And it then allows it to model back your return on ad spend reporting for those users. So you'll still see accurate ROAS return on ad spend for non-iOS 14.5 users. But that is a little caveat that if you want to see that data for users on that, that you need to toggle on that value optimization. And then that actually takes up four of your available eight events. Sorry, I'm going down the rabbit hole, but it takes up four of your available eight events then and again, depending on what your business objectives are, that might mean some event gets bumped off the list if it's really important for you to be able to capture that that value optimization. So it's all these different trade-offs that you have to evaluate as you set it up. Yeah. So I guess a good way to sort of wrap up the episode here is, do you still think Facebook advertising, digital advertising is going to be worth it for you know, I'd say the majority of businesses out there outside of, you know, big business, like I doubt Coca-Cola, for instance, cares about this update, you know, some of these other, you know, much larger companies that have a ton of money just to throw at advertising, whether you can measure return or not, right. But for a lot of smaller businesses, understanding where return on investment is coming from is pretty crucial. So do you still think that Facebook advertising is going to be worth it for the majority of businesses? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it can seem like a sort of a bleak outlook now in terms of limited data. But like Jesse was saying, these are huge companies that are going to figure out solutions to this. They're going to evolve and work around it. We've already seen some of those initial waves of that coming into play, especially with conversions API and getting away from pixel the pixel tracking data and you actually controlling that data on your end, which is something we can go into on another episode. But all that to say that there's already workarounds out there 
I think in any crisis, there's always opportunity, right? So if things are changing, then it's your opportunity to figure it out and potentially be at the top of the pack then because you have figured it out and there's other, your competitors haven't figured it out yet. So always opportunity. Facebook is still one of the largest platforms that you can advertise on, still the best platform to advertise on for 90% of the people in my opinion. And yeah, so still totally worth it. Jesse, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that you have to remember too that just because Facebook made changes doesn't mean like the goals of your business change. You know, there are only so many ways to get in front of new customers that you have control over. You know, organic is one way, but you have, you know, very little control on the scalability of that. And, you know, a lot of times those strategies take time. And so for the same reasons why people start, you know, paid advertising, you know, specifically on Facebook haven't changed, the way you do it may need to change a little bit. But you know, the goals and the benefits of doing that, you know, remain the same. Again, it may be a little bit, you know, more difficult in the, you know, coming months as people start to figure out how to get around some of these changes or how to compensate for some of the lack of data and, you know, some potential, you know, dip in accuracy of targeting and stuff like that. But again, I think that those are the minor things that are going to be overcome here pretty soon. And, you know, there's still tons of opportunity to be able to get in front of the people that you need to get in front of in your business. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram is still one of the best places to do that because that's where people are hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with all that sentiments. And, you know, like every so often there's something that happens that, you know, people are like, this is the end of, you know, whatever it is. And I feel like on the Google front, on the search engine optimization front, this happens all the time. Everybody right now is losing their mind over core web vitals, which just got pushed back, by the way. They're not rolling that out until June. And then they're going to, you know, take apparently three plus months to roll it out. But, you know, people are losing their mind over that. And, you know, I really don't think at the end of the day that that's going to shake up things in, you know, this major way. And who knows, I might be wrong about that. But, you know, again, I think it's something people are going to adapt to. And, you know, we saw that with like the the mobile apocalypse with, you know, mobile pop-ups and everybody was like, you're never going to be able to use mobile pop-ups anymore because Google's going to penalize you. And guess what? You know, people are still using pop-ups <laughs> on their website. I mean, there's just random things along that. And, you know, that's not to downplay the significance of what Apple's doing. You know, one of the things that struck me when I updated to 14.5 was that I had to go into my privacy setting and then by default, right, the toggle that basically allows apps to even ask you whether you want to be tracked or not was turned off. You know, so you have to go in, you have to turn that on. And then of course, you know, apps are going to have to roll out their updates, you know, so that they get your, you know, permission from you and all of that. So, you know, it's definitely, I think, going to be a shakeup, but I don't, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, I think there's just a lot of talk, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see in the next few months how it plays out. And I think Ryan, to your point, you know, once, if ad accounts do get shut off in mass because people haven't done things like verify their domains, anybody who has and anybody that's still running ads, you know, hopefully we'll see CPMs drop across the board, you know, in just ridiculous ways. So hopefully there's opportunity there. If you are curious, if you're listening and you're curious how to make sure that you're set up for iOS 14, feel free to reach out to us. We will have a guide to that effect at some point. Hopefully we'll be able to come out near this episode. So check out the show notes for this episode. And if we have the guide ready, it will be there. If not, feel free to shoot us an email and we can shoot over some quick directions for you. But uh, Ryan, Jesse, thanks for taking the time to share that update. Yeah, guys. Good chatting. Definitely.